The Word of God says in Matthew 13 and 18, says, Hear, hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When any one heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which received seed by the wayside. But he that received the seed into stony places, and the same as he that heareth the word, and anon with joy receiveth it. Yet hath he not rooted himself, but dureth for a while, for when tribulation and persecution arises because of the word, by and by he is offended. He also that received seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word, and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becometh unfruitful. But he that receives seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word, and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit, and bringeth forth some an hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning as humble as we know how. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the word of God. We thank you, Lord, for your spirit that is here. And I ask you today, God, that you would fill me with your spirit once more. God, I pray that you would touch my mouth, touch my tongue. I ask, God, that I would glorify you today. Father, for I am nothing without you. And, Lord, I cannot preach without you and without the anointing of the Holy Spirit. God, I pray that you would be with the hearts here. Uh, God, I pray that you would touch the, uh, the hearers. I pray, God, you touch their ears. God, that they might hear the word of the Lord. And, God, I pray that they would uh, uh, respond to you, Father, today. Father, we love you and we thank you for all that you do. In Christ's holy name we pray. Amen. Thank you. you. May be seated this morning. I want us to, uh, to look at these verses of Scripture while I'm preaching to you. There is four things, four different responses to the parable of the sower. Now, how many of you know what the seed represents? The seed that the sower is sowing is the Word of God. Who is the sower? The sower is the Lord Jesus Christ. The, the sower is the Holy Spirit of God. And there is four responses that each of us has an opportunity or a choice in how we respond. Dr. Charles Ryrie said that there is, number one, no response. There is an emotional response. There is a worldly response, and there is a fruitful response. And did you know that when you choose to not respond, did you know that you just made a choice? By saying no to the Lord Jesus Christ, when you think, well, I don't have to make a decision, I don't have to make a choice, that is your choice in and of itself. This morning, I'm not going to get to all four points this morning, but I am going to hopefully get to the first two with the Lord being my helper, we have the choice. Our name is Bluebell Free Will Baptist Church. We have the free will to choose Jesus or to choose the world. You have the free will to choose as you please. We serve an amazing God because God in His infinite glory could have gave every man no choice but to serve Him. But he loved you so much. And I heard this, that selfish love is not love. When you are forced to love somebody, that's not real love. But God gave you the choice to love him back. That's real love. So how are you going to respond today to the word of God? How are you going to respond to this passage? I want us to understand 
that this passage, and there's three types, and I learned this this week, there's three types of applications in how we apply the Word of God to our life. Number one, there's a primary application, meaning that the writer wrote what God inspired him to write to the people of that time. It says what it means, and it is intended for a certain people of that day and time. There is a second application called the prophetic application. And it tells of things that are to come before the end of the world. And so you can see all through the Old Testament, New Testament, of prophetic things that are being foretold right before your very eyes. And thirdly, the practical application is how that we take the first two applications and we view them in ways to apply to our lives in present day, sometimes spiritualizing them for us to understand and seeing how God would have us to apply these principles to our everyday life. There is full response, and I've already went through that, to the Word of God, the Word of life, the truth, and to Jesus Himself. Your, your response today will determine where you spend eternity. Your response to the Word of God will determine where you spend eternity. God's Word is the seed of life. Because of Hebrews 4 and 12, and it says this, For the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. That's why it's the seed. Because, listen, a seed, and, and Brother Bill Oldham, he taught a wonderful lesson uh, this past Wednesday night. And you're just getting, listen, I preached this last Sunday night. Brother Bill taught on it Wednesday night. I'm giving it to you again this morning. Probably give it to you again tonight. Maybe next Sunday. Who knows? I don't know how long it will be right here in Matthew 13. But listen, God, and I told Brother Bill this this week, God is trying to wake up his church. God is trying to get people to pay close attention to the Word of God because it, it's quick and powerful. It means what it says, and it says what it means, amen? There's no sense in trying to change it to fit around your lifestyle because it's already been written, and it's forever settled in heaven. Thank God for that. Dr. J. Vernon McGee, anybody heard of him? J. Vernon McGee, wonderful man of God, full of the Holy Ghost. He said this, The calling out of the church is not synonymous with the kingdom of heaven. Though the church is in the kingdom of heaven, neither is the term kingdom of God synonymous with kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of God is a broader term that encompasses all of God's creation, including angels. The church is in the kingdom of heaven, but is not the same. Likewise, it is in the kingdom of God. Los Angeles is in the state of California, but it is not the same. California is in the United States and is part of it, but it's not identical to the whole country. In spite of what the Chamber of Commerce claims, it will be seen that the term kingdom of heaven is a progressive term in the Gospel of Matthew. It assumes the mystery formed during the days of the rejection of the king, that's Jesus. But the king becomes a sower in the world. The kingdom will be established on this earth at the return of the king. We are not living in the kingdom of heaven. Though we, are, that, though we will be a part of it. I want you to understand that. And that was, prior, that was back up in the first few verses of uh, chapter 13. I want to get to my first point this morning. Number one, I told you there is uh, no response 
There is no response. Look with me in verses 18 and 19. He said, Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom, and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one, and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which received seed by the wayside. The sower went out, and because it didn't take root, it just remained seed. Listen, the, Bible, the word of God says, Brother Bill brought this out Wednesday night, said that unless seed fall into the ground and then die, it cannot be made alive. It cannot bring forth fruit. And that seed, we have to let the seed of the word of God be buried into our heart. Let it take root. Let the word of God through prayer water that seed. And God gives the increase. Listen, I'm up here and I'm sowing the seed to you this morning by the Holy Ghost. But it's through prayer that God and yourself waters that seed. And God brings forth the fruit. See, that, I, I think that's why a lot of Christians have not changed over the last 20 years because they have not received the Word of God. They have not, they have not watered it in prayer. And listen, and, and my wife can attest to Miss Sue and Miss Betty, if, if she was here, I've been trying to plant a flower bed this past week, my wife's honey-do honey list. So I've been planting flowers all week in this 90-degree weather. Not a drop of rain since I planted anything. But you know what I have to do faithfully? I get out there with my water holes and I water every plant I got. And bless God, I've got blooms coming on my tomato plants. <laughs> Amen. Bless God, I bought a half-dead cucumber plant and it's just as green as it was, as if you had grown it in perfect condition in a greenhouse. Why? Because you've got to be faithful in making sure that those plants, those seeds, those roots get the water that they need. And listen, it's our job as Christians that when we receive the Word of God, listen, your heart might be dry this morning, and it might be rock hard, but listen, the Holy Ghost, and I pray that the Holy Spirit of God will plow your garden up, till that dirt, and get it soft. But it is your job to water it. Amen. Listen, I can't water it for you. I can water it through prayer, and I can do all, all I can do. But if you do not take the time to pray and ask God to give you understanding of the Word of God through prayer and water that seed, it will not bear fruit. Therefore, there will be no response. And therefore, that is part of the reason why our church world today around the country is in such sad shape that it's in. Anybody know who Brother Derek Stennett is? Great man of God. He was asked by another preacher and and I won't get too in-depth in the conversation, but he was asked by somebody, and they said, Brother Derek, he said, out of all the churches that you've preached in over the, around the country, how many people in the church do you believe that are truly born again? And Brother Derek said it baffled him. He said, it just stopped me in my tracks. He said, I got silent. And he said, I'm going to give you an answer, but he said, don't expect it to be very high. He said, out of all the churches that I've preached in, he said, I would say about 30% or less of the people in them are truly right with the Lord, are truly born again. Why? Because they are not receiving the Word of God. They've got the appearance. They've got the feel-goods. They've got the head knowledge and all these things, but they do not have a heart knowledge. They do not know one thing about the Word of God or the Lord Jesus Christ. 
How? How can we win a lost world if the church is just as lost? How can we show them Jesus Christ if nobody else in the church house has Jesus? How can we go and spread the word of God if the word of God is not first in us? King David said in Psalm 119, he said, Thy word, O Lord, is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And he said, I've hidden thy word in my heart that I might not sin against you. We must have the word of God sown deep in our hearts and in our lives that we might not sin against the holy and almighty God in heaven. For faith cometh by hearing and hearing of the word of God. How shall they hear? By preaching. And how shall a man preach unless they be sent? Listen, the word of God is the seed of life. And many people have refused to respond to this great word. Hebrews chapter 3, I believe it is, he said, How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? Listen, by you not responding to the Lord Jesus Christ, you will not escape. You will not escape. Dr. Warren Wearsby said this, he said, It is shocking to realize that three quarters of the seed did not bear fruit. And I read to you in verses 18 through 23, and, I, I, and you can read it also in verses uh, uh, 3 through uh, 9 uh, uh, about the parable of the sower and how he went out and sold. And, I'm gonna, uh, and I don't know when I'll get there, but toward the end of the chapter, Jesus Christ himself explains the parable. Jesus didn't describe a world in which would yield great harvest, but one where the word... Excuse me, but one where the word would be rejected. Jesus himself. See, the word is Jesus Christ. Amen? We all agree on that. John chapter 1, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. Amen? And the same was in the beginning with God. That's Jesus Christ. Amen? He is the word. And listen, we're living in a day and time in America that there is no response to the Word of God. I've been in services, and listen, you'd think that, that that'd be Holy Ghost conviction in them, and there's not conviction in any service. Listen, I've been in some great services. People up shouting, raising their hands, praising God, singing the songs, and not an ounce of conviction in that service. I've heard some fantastic messages. I've heard some of the best messages around the country. Not an ounce of conviction in them. Why? Because there is no response to the Word of God. Because the people's hearts have gotten so hard that when you toss the seed, it's just like seed that is on dry ground and does not take root. Therefore, it burns and it goes away. The birds come and they eat the seed. Listen, the, Abraham, he was dreaming a dream and, and the fowls of the air came and, and you know what he had to do? He had to chase them off. It's time that we as Christians stand up and chase off the fowls of the air and plow our gardens and get our souls tender to the Word of God that the Word of God may change us. 
listen, that's what's wrong with the world today. We got so many people trying to change the Word of God rather than letting the Word of God change them. That's why we've got hardened hearts. That's why we're not seeing fruit produce. That's why we just see green leaves. Amen? We must let the Word of God pierce our heart, break up the fallow ground, and may it bear fruit. Isaiah 55 and verse 11 said that God's Word would not return void, that it would accomplish what it was sent to do. Listen, it will not return void, but by you making that response to say no, that was your choice. And God's Word already has prophesied that that is what it would go out and do. It would go out and be rejected. And that's the day and time we're living in. My second point this morning, verses in 20 and 21. Dr. Warren Wiersbe said this. In verse 6, the sun represents persecution primarily toward the Jewish people and in practical sense, the church. Persecution helps believers grow and the sunshine will kill a plant with no roots and that explains why some believers do not last. Their faith was weak. Their understanding was meager. And their decision was not sincere. That's why we got a bunch of professing Christians when they do not know the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why we got a bunch of people shaking the preacher's hand, paying the tithes. Amen. Singing in the choir, singing in uh, quartets all around the world. And they do not know the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because it was an emotional response. The Word of God touched them. Amen. You ever heard a great speech and it just emotionally touched you? It motivated you? It encouraged you? It enlightened you? Listen, that's what a lot of preachers are preaching today. They're preaching an emotional message because they want the emotional response. I'm not here to look for an emotional response or I wouldn't be preaching this message this morning. Amen. I'm looking for a spiritual response. I'm looking for that fruitful response. Because here's the thing. When you let the Word of God get in your heart, there will be fruit produced. And if you are truly born again, there ought to be fruit in the Christian's life. What is the fruit of the Spirit? And listen, I read to you last week that that holiness and godly character and and different things are the fruits that should be uh, seen in a Christian's life. But that ain't the only ones. If you go to Galatians chapter 5... He says, love, joy, peace, temperance, meekness, long-suffering, and kindness, and and all that gentleness, and all these things are the fruits of the Spirit. And listen, if you don't have any of those in your life, there's a good possibility that you ain't right with the Lord. If you do not have self-control, and listen, I struggle with self-control, but I do have self-control, and I do ask the Lord to help me with self-control, because listen, you can tell by my size that I do not have very good self-control when it comes to food. Been honest this morning. But did you know that's the fruit of the Spirit? Did you know that, that gluttony is a sin? And yes, I'm throwing myself in there that I have sinned the sin of gluttony. But you know what I do? And what I have been doing, praise God, the Lord has helped me this week to, to gain more self-control. Over the last week, I've been trying to wash my portions and, and drink more water and, and different things and try to get healthy and, and different things like that. And Thank God my wife's been supportive of me and, and, and takes care of me and makes sure that I don't eat too much and don't eat, eat the wrong things and this and that and the other. But thank God for the Holy Spirit. Because she ain't told me what to eat and what not to eat. The Lord has. Every night I used to have a bowl of ice cream after supper. That was my thing. Listen, that's part of the reason why I'm so big. 
I love ice cream. It is my favorite dessert. My favorite flavor is Moose Tracks, in case you want to know. Mayfield is the best, by the way. Bluebell's pretty good, too, but... And that has been my weakness. But listen, we do the same thing with the Word of God. We do the same thing with the Word of God. We want something else. We want something else. Listen, I don't like eating. Uh, I, I love fruit. But when I want ice cream, I want ice cream. I don't want to eat fruit. I don't want to eat vegetables. I don't want to drink water. I... But that's what God wants me to do. Because it is good for my body. It's good for the temple of God. And it is teaching me self-control. It's teaching me that if I'll just stick with the real thing, I don't need any artificial flavoring. Amen? And what a lot of people has done is they've got so used to an artificial word, they've got so used to an artificial sermon that it cannot take root and change their life. All it does is give an emotional response. Dr. Wiersbe said this, said that Satan is an imitator and plants false Christians. He encourages false growth and he introduces a false doctrine. The word unknown in verse number 20, it actually means the same thing in verse 21. See here it says, But he that received the seed into stony places, the same as he that heareth the word, and unknown with joy receiveth it. And that word unknown is a Greek word mean, uh, that is, and I'm going to try and pronounce this for you, euthus, meaning by and by or immediately at once. People will rejoice and shout over a good preacher preaching the word and may do well for a while, but when persecution comes or a little hardship comes, they are the first to be offended and will turn their backs on the Lord Jesus Christ. They receive the word of God with joy. Listen, they're some of the ones that are amen the preacher. But they will not. They, they receive it with joy. But they will not let it take root. Verse 21 says, Yet hath he not rooted himself, but dureth for a while. For when tribulation and persecution arises because of the word, by and by he is offended. What's going on in our world today? All around the world, people are being offended. That word offensive is so popular today because over every little thing, if it's not their way, they get offended. Amen. And people, when they hear the true word of God, they're getting offended by it. When they should receive it and let it change their life. What are we, the church, going to do with it? I probably offended some of you this morning. If I have, we'll meet in my office. We'll talk about it. I did hear a preacher say one time, I'll meet you in the parking lot. I ain't going to do that. I don't know, it might be cooler than I am right now. But people are getting so offended over the Word of God because it's not their way. It's not what they like. It doesn't feel good. Listen, I read this Bible a lot. And I read it a lot more since I've been out here. And I've read it a lot more in the quarantine than I have probably in my whole life. But I'm telling you, listen, 
There's been many times when I've had to say, Lord, oh me. God help me. God, I'm a sinner. Because here's the thing. The more you get in the Word of God, the more you're going to see just how sinful you really are. And if you are truly born again, you're going to want to do something about it. You're going to want to become more like Christ. You're going to want to get closer to the Lord. You're going to want to do something to change what you see. And artificial flavoring will not do that. Listen, painters paint the greatest images. And listen, you can take an old barn, you can take an old fence, you can take an old car, and you can paint it. But all you're doing is hiding the rust. All you're doing is hiding the imperfections, right? What do you have to do to get the imperfections out? You've got to replace the parts, put new parts on it, and then paint it. But what does a, a jewelry refinery do? To get the imperfections out of the gold or out of the silver, they put them in a refinery, and they heat them up, and they melt them down, and they turn them to a liquid form. And then it comes out of the oven, and it hardens. And then they what? Then they polish it. Because then they are to polish the most perfect part of that piece of jewelry. And that's what God wants to do with us. He wants us to be put into the refinery so that he can bring out the best in each of our lives. But we cannot do that if we, do, if we make the choice to say no to the word of God. And we, all we're doing is painting over ourselves with an emotional response. I'm going to close with this scripture this morning, Acts chapter 17. Acts chapter 17, verses 22 through 28. Now this is the Apostle Paul. Shortly after he began his ministry. Paul was pretty bold. Did you know that? I mean, this is a man that persecuted the church and didn't care to tell them that he was persecuting the church. He didn't care to tell you, hey, I'm going to kill you if you preach and teach in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul was that man. He held the coat and the cloak of Stephen when Stephen was being persecuted, stoned to death. Paul was there. Paul was the one that charged them men to do that. Paul was quite bold. I believe the Pharisees taught him that. Gamaliel, right? Am I right? Yeah, I'm right. Some of y'all don't remember that. Brother John remembers that. I preached on that not too long ago, and I said Galileo, not Gamaliel. Galileo's an astrologer, right? Who am I? I'm just a hick, I'm just a hick from Tennessee. Y'all just look over me. But regardless, Paul, he was bold in his stance. No matter what he done, he didn't do it halfway. And let me say this while I'm here. You cannot be a half-hearted Christian. Either you're in or out. And God would rather you be in or out. Don't be halfway. Acts 17, verse 22 through 28. Apostle Paul, he was a bold Christian. He was courageous. It says, Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, Ye men of Athens, 
I perceive in all things ye are too superstitious. We got a lot of people like that today. For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God, whom therefore ye ignorantly worship, him declaring I unto you, God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands. Neither is worship with men's hands as though he giveth, uh, though he needeth anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things, and hath made of one blood all nations. Praise God. And hath made of one blood. Can I get an amen right there? It don't matter your color of skin. It don't matter your ethnicity. It doesn't matter what country you're from or where you live. We are all under one blood. And hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth and have determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation that they should seek the Lord if haply they might feel after him and find him though he be not far from every one of us. Praise God. Listen, that ought to be shouting ground right there because he's not very far from us. But see, the people who have an emotional response to the word of God, they're feeling after him. Because they want to try and fill him with their, their feelings and their emotions. And listen, praise God, I love it when the Holy Ghost sweeps through a service and I feel him all over me. But even when I don't feel that feeling, I know he's there. Listen, if you got saved based off of your feelings, there's a, probably a pretty good chance that you ain't saved. Hello? If you got saved based off of your feelings, there's a pretty good chance that you were not saved. And you need to repent. Because salvation is not a feeling. It's not. I didn't get saved based off of my feelings. I got saved based off of my faith. For by grace are you saved through what? Through faith, not feelings. Through faith. That they should seek the Lord, if haply they might feel after him and find him, though he be not very far from every one of us. For in him, praise God. Paul said, for in him we live and move and have our being. As certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. He has created us in his likeness and in his image. And therefore we live and move and have our being. Through Him. Through Him. It's not based off our feelings or our emotions. It's solely based off the Word of God. Because He spoke and it became existence. Right? He said, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. The Bible says, and He formed the dust of the ground and formed man. And then He breathed life into His nostrils and man became a what? A living soul. And that living soul, therefore, is the ground for the seed to be sown. And that soul must, therefore, bear the seed. And that seed must die in that soil and bring forth root for it to bear fruit. How have you responded? Listen, I'm going to close right there. I want you to come back tonight. Tonight, 6 p.m., you'll get part two of I'm Not Going to Hell. You know why I'm not going to hell? And I, 
Maybe I'll just throw this out there. That way you can enjoy the rest of the sermon. I'm not going to hell because I've chose to receive the word of God and to till my ground that I might have good soil that when the word of God gets in me, although it is hard to take, it's a tough pill to swallow, and it's bitter to taste, it will change my life. Do you want to, be, do you want to see change? Because if you want to see change, you need to be a part of the change. Amen? If you want to see the culture of Bluebell change, you need to be a part of the change. Amen. If you want to see people saved and lives changed, maybe you ought to get in the, the ditches and, and in the highways and hedges and compel them to come to the house of God. That word compel means to force, to bring, to drag. Amen. Listen, we got a church fan and we got a driver. So if you know somebody needs a lift, Brother Bobby Smoot, would love to pick them up. Why? Because that is the objective of Christ. He said, go out to the highways and to the hedges. It don't matter their social status. It doesn't matter if they are owners of multi-million dollar companies. It doesn't matter if they have 50 cents to their name. God loves them. We ought to love them. And if we're going to see change, we need to let the Word of God change us so that we can see other people's lives changed. Amen. So how are you going to respond this morning? Miss Sue, Brother John, if y'all will come. How will you respond this morning? I gave you two responses. There's no response or there's an emotional response. Listen, you can receive the Word of God today joyfully, but... but Tomorrow morning when you wake up and the devil comes and tempts you and, 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 and tries to destroy you, are you going to let the fowls of the air pluck that out and not let it take root? Let's let the Word of God change us. Let's let the Word of God penetrate our heart and help us to be different.